Do you know that your voicemail is a bitch? Do you know that this is the second recorded message that I've recorded because she cut me off 42 seconds into the voicemail? Am I calling for any reason that's important? No, I'm calling to leave a funny voicemail, okay? I saw a bald fat man riding his Lime Razor scooter that he paid $7 to ride or something on the street in Hollyweird, right underneath a freeway overpass, and he was just like, yay, yay! And then he smacked his fat little face on the pavement, and he tried to, like, laugh it off, and a, a bunch of Persian people were laughing at him, and he was, like, cry laughing at himself, and it was very sad. And I just thought it was kind of a metaphor for my career. Anyways, I hope you're having fun at your show. Living Glam, Living Rock, Living with Jonathan and Katie. Welcome, Welcome to Living, Living with Jonathan, Jonathan and Katie. We have, um, the holidays are coming, the new year, we're about to enter a new decade. We are. Do you think... Do you think like the styles from like the late '90s, early 2000s of like you know futuristic rap and pop videos, or a lot of like, um, sh- um a lot of like uh silver metallics. clothing, yeah. yeah, everything metallic. I feel like we never reached that. We like did that because we thought that that was gonna be the future, and then we like like went into some weird like faded bootcut jean era of the 20 of the of the 2000s and then we entered the 2010s and then it became like oh we're bringing back the 1890s and like it was all like mason jar stuff and like oh yeah like we've been going steampunk stuff and it's like no can we actually like bring back what the future should have which been? should be very baggy silver sweatsuits absolutely <laughs> and like cool motorola flip phones i yeah. love how do you remember how every we know this but like every music video in the 2000s started in space it was like yeah. In a sex J Lo in like a sexy space bedroom with like a candy colored Mac. Yeah. And then it was a it was a lot of I feel like they had just learned CGI at yeah. like Jive Records. And so then you would go to Jessica Simpson and she was in like a futuristic rooftop. Yes. With like a fun little uh choker on. I don't know. So we miss the two thousands always. Um but we're going into the twenty tens. Do you have any New Year's? No, or... we're going into the twenty twenties. Oh my god, babe. you're totally right. Yeah. I'm sorry, I meant Freudian slip. A new ten years. You wish you could go back. You wish it's you could go back. Always twenty ten to me. Yeah. Um twenty ten was honestly such a on is a huge year. It was a huge year for me. Uh, no, I think in the new year and especially the new decade, I need my resolution is to be better with money. I need to be so much better with money mm-hmm. because I am truly awful. I also want to make money. I, I again, I have said I want to be filthy rich, yes, morbidly obese, and have sixteen adopted children, and I need yes. money for that. So. Yeah, to clean your moo-moos. <laughs> yeah, I I would I would like to. I don't want to say oh you need to be better with money, but I would love to help you be better with money. What are you going to do? No, I'm just saying I I feel like I I would like to help you if you need. I mean, not lending you more money, but like. <laughs> Girl, this is an A26LA. I'm not your Latino gay <laughs> prodigy that you get to help. <laughs> Katie does volunteer time and teaches <laughs> inner city Latino kids math. Yes. Um, but I ain't your inner city Latino kid. I'm just. No, I'm just saying like I, I like abundance mentalities. I love working through manifestation. I'm just as bougie just- as you. <laughs> Um, I also yeah. like lavender. Yeah. Well, I know that's like the core of our friendship is lavender right. basically, but, um, lavender and 18. Well, I'm excited to see you get filthy rich and mm. to, um, I don't know, maybe we can like start a corporation. Oh my God. My so, dream is to be a corporation. Can I tell you? 
I would just, I mean, really, Katie French LLC. Just to have corporate intrigue, uh, weird. Sabotage. Sabotage going corporate on. Corporate espionage. That's my favorite. Ethical problems. Yeah. That's what you want. No, I just want to be one of those very rich gay guys with pumped lips, like J-Lo's makeup, makeup artist. Oh, yes. Scott Barnes. Shout I, out to Scott Barnes. He's fully titted. I mean, oh, yeah. he lifts he, a lot, and he probably tweaks his nipples. I will, I will, I'll get into the tweaking of the nipples once I've, I've titted more, once I've yeah. like, muscled out and thickened. Um, I yeah. can help. I can teach you how to do that too. Oh, <laughs> I also maybe like I'll, I'll do the squats and I'll eat, but, um, I'm not opposed to butt shots. You know, yeah. I'll do all that type of stuff. You know, I, I just love a pumped face <laughs> that is n- unacknowledged, you know, right. like, uh, it's just the, that's literally, it used to be like how you knew someone was famous. You saw them in tabloids and yeah. now, or like that they're rich. And now it's like, Oh, your lips. That's like how you know if somebody's got money now. Also, and I don't mean to make it racist, but maybe I do. <laughs> um, sometimes people are so pumped. I legit don't know what ethnicity they are. And right. it's kind of like, is this the answer to racism? Everyone gets <laughs> just equally pumped. <laughs> yeah. Just they get cheek silicone injections, lip injections. <laughs> and then, it, you know what I mean? And then you just kind of don't. Oh, fake tans. Yeah. So like no one is. Everyone's just like some weird shade of fake. That is tans. such actually a good idea because also all people who have excessive plastic surgery all look alike, no yeah. matter their race. Right. The women, you have a weird like duck lip like a, a weird lip yes um you have like kind of alien cheekbones yes. they really do morph into like one single race i know they do this is plastic surgery that's our corporation yeah. plastic surgery for plastic surgery against racism <laughs> plastic surgery against racism <laughs> guys look we're all fighting we're, you're that color we don't like it you're that color we don't like it yeah okay but let's think outside the box. What if we all keep our colors, but we Look do insane. something to our face where we don't know like, okay, is it this person, that part of that? Tri- like, we don't know. Yeah. Oh, we're solving. La- we are. We're solving huge social issues yeah, here. Yeah. Um, I don't personally have any New Year's resolutions. Uh-huh. However, I did stumble across some of my archive. Um, I was a big journaler growing up. Um. I like to say, you know, I in, from the ages of 10 to 13, my favorite genre of literature was self-help for middle-aged women. Mm-hmm. And that meant that I had to do a lot of journaling about my husband and children and <laughs> the pressures that they were putting on me. Yes. Um, I would always, like, steal these books from my mom and my stepmom and, like, just try to find out who the real Katie was, you know? And uh, as part of that, I got very into, like, inspirational self-help. And I found a document, which was um, in 1997, I decided... Uh, this was my year that I was going to be very positive. This is crazy too. At the time I was 12. Yeah. So I decided, Katie, you got to be more positive in your life. Okay. You can't just be so negative. Okay. Um, That's amazing. You were having that deep thought about your positive negative. Yeah. Um, I was deeply depressed uh, at age 12, but anyways, so I found this document. It was a handmade book. Okay. It's called 365 uplifting sayings of 1997 by Katie French. You wrote it. I wrote it. I even drew a little comic of a person in a pair, in a uh, hot air balloon, and it says, "I'm being uplifted." Wow. Now, could I have been the next Marianne Williamson or the Oprah? Yes, absolutely. Oh, girlfriend. Um. So I decided that every year in 1997, every single day, I would write an inspirational quote to myself. Okay. Um, it ended on January 10th. But we do have <laughs> 10 days of straight, hot, yeah. inspirational ones. So today I would like to read it well, to you. Well, January 12th is when volleyball started. So right, exactly, to, literally. You had to leave that journal I had to go shit. back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just want to read these. These are iconic, inspirational, uplifting. I mean, just everything. January 1st, 1997. This is the quote. Security is there. 
all you have to do is search for it. That's great. Deep. Okay, cool. Uh, the second, be patient. Time is very precious. <laughs> these are these are true. These are so. They're honestly, I read this one and I go, "Girl, you you're so right." <laughs> Girlfriend, you are so right. Yeah. Um, the thir- January third. When you're in the dark, look for the light and let it guide you. It's a lot of like, look for it. It's there. Like right. you know. Um, also, maybe perhaps you were. I don't know, maybe in a Barnes and Noble and you stumbled upon a book of quotes and yes. you also read these quotes. Perhaps. And then reinterpreted them. And then made them my own. Yeah. Um, January 4th, treasure the moment. It won't ever come again. That's, what a bitch. It was very, it was very How do dark. you know it won't ever come <laughs> yeah. again, baby Katie? I'm like, I'll never be as happy as I was the day I made volleyball team. Yeah. Um, January 5th, warmth is everywhere. Feel it. That's honestly passive aggressive. It is. Um, That's like something my roommate would say to me when I tried to get them to like take out the trash or yeah. do the dishes or something. <laughs> it's a little distraction here. Yeah. Um, January 6th. Boy, girl, I need this now. Don't rush things. Don't wait till the last minute. Wait, okay. <laughs> so don't rush things, comma, or period. Comma. Don't rush things, comma. Don't wait till the don't last wait minute. Don't wait till the last minute. Now so you're just playing games. What I'm trying to say is live in the now. Right. You know? Um, you're getting cocky there. You're getting... I do feel like that was related to maybe I was late on an assignment, mm. you know, and trying to remind myself. Um, January 7th. You may be sick on the outside. Don't let it ruin your spirit inside. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most 12-year-old one of them. Why? Why do you think? Because it's like, girl, what do you mean by sick? Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever been that sick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's just very like 12. It's like, okay. Yeah. January 8th. Keep your hopes up and don't forget good comes out of bad. Oh, that's actually probably my favorite. Good does come out of bad. Yeah, that's true. I was trying to remind myself. Um, yes. January 9th. Oh, and I remember why I wrote this. I wrote <laughs> Kiwi Cures. So does love. And what? I wrote that because I was very, this was made during Christmas break, I'm assuming. I was very sick and um, I found a kiwi in the fridge. I had a really bad sore throat mm. and I liked the kiwi and it cured me. <laughs> oh God. And even though I was sick on the inside, I didn't let it show outside. It's so weird to think back to your childhood and think like, wow, our lives were like virtually empty compared to now. It was different. And then this is the final quote. I mean, the last one I have to leave with you guys with be thankful for what you have and what you get. Hmm. Now, I do want to say uh, this, She's a wordsmith. this book was written the same year I went on antidepressants. I was 12 years old. We'll talk about that in another episode. Um, also, I was deeply depressed and surrounded by a little bit of, um, you know, familial chaos. So these were not inspiring quotes. They were desperate cries for help. Um, mm. But what matters most is that I wrote them on really cute stationery. I hand illustrated them. I mean... I was an artist is what I'm saying. You could republish this, just change the title to Divorce Hurts Kids or something. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's just a list of these quotes from you and many other kids. I want it. This is what I'll do. I'll go inspire young inner city Latinos and be like, be better or else this is what you could be. Right. Oh my God. Um, But hey, we have a great episode 
coming for you. Truly one of the best episodes we've ever recorded I mean, out of the one many One out of episodes. three. I mean, 30% of our greatness comes from this episode. Yes. Um, we have the lovely Rachel Friedland. Um, she's a lover. She's a queen. She's a best friend. And she has a crazy story about money. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode it's an epic story please continue listening um and her story us, deserves to be heard send us your new year's resolution send us your deep dark diary entries yeah or um, uplifting do you have an uplifting saying tweet it over to us yeah tweet it at us at living with jk, JK. <laughs> and look we're just getting started we don't know all the social handles yet the Find brand is in its early stages <laughs> yeah all right guys thank you thanks enjoy Bye. Bye. I was so excited to get boobs. Like going through puberty, I was like, man, I'm gonna have such big boobs because my mom has big boobs, you know? And I was like, those are coming to me. So every day of 13, I would wake up and run to the bathroom and be like, one day, these kernels are gonna pop. <laughs> and my boobs will just be here. And I thought that every day until my mom sat me down and was like, Rachel, you will never have big boobs because mine are fake. Yeah. And I cried. <laughs> I cried about it last night. <laughs> and at the time she was like, honey, don't be upset. You know, we, we can always buy you some. And I thought about it and I was like, if I wait one more year, will I get dad's boobs instead? <laughs> living glam, living rough, living with Jonathan and Katie. The theme of today's <laughs> show is money. Yes. It is highly triggering. Rachel has a fascinating story about money, which is why we brought her on. Um, so before we dive into that, we wanted to kind of just give an overview of like, what's your, when I say money, what do you think, Jonathan? How, what does money bring up for you? Money brings up mistakes. It brings up so much uh, stress. I mean, money is probably the one thing that makes me so unhappy in life. And it's mm -hmm. basically not getting money through the thing that I want to do, which is comedy. Right. And how we as comedians. <laughs> yes. Allow ourselves to be uh, underpaid and mistreated constantly. Like, it's not about the amount of money. It's about it sounds so pathetic to anyone who's listening who's not a comic, but being paid anything at all is a major problem in comedy. So money to me equals respect. And mm. it's the lack of that in comedy that makes me so, so unhappy. Mm -hmm. So that's what it means to me. What about you, Rachel? I think it's a lot of confusion. And I think that's just because of the way in which I grew up with both my parents and both of their attitudes toward money. Mm. Whereas my dad was very like, we're doing it live. Let's buy whatever. Yeah. And my mom was very like, we're going to go shop at Marshall's, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like two very opposite ends of the spectrum. High low. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, and as I got older, kind of seeing both of them go through their own trials and tribulations with money. Yeah. It's yeah. To me, it just always feels very confusing, Yeah. but both my grandma and my mom drilled it into my head that whatever money I did make to like put some away. So I do feel very thankful that I understood what like saving something meant because mm -hmm. uh, my mom put the fear of God in me yeah. to do it. Yeah. For which I'm very thankful now. But uh, yeah, otherwise very confusing. Yeah, I agree. I grew up in two, I had divorced parents and I grew up in two households that were economically different classes, which is, I was, I'm curious actually how that often that happens to divorced people or mm -hmm. kids of divorced parents. Um, so I grew up in, I grew up half in Trump's America in the <laughs> with a working class, like struggling, very, very borderline 
uh, house and then one that was like very solidly middle class, very responsible. Like we always had health insurance. Like my dad has never had health insurance my whole life. Mm. My mom has had like health insurance and probably dental and everything else. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hyper, um, paranoid about money. I'm very frugal. I actually, I feel like a lot of people maybe like get into credit card debt and they're like, I need to chill out. And I'm like, I actually need to like stop, um, like putting tape on my glasses to keep them together. You know, right, like right, I actually right, did. Yeah. Like when I went to therapy, actually one of her assignments for me was to go buy, um, it was to buy new like bras and underwear. Yeah. Um, yeah, Katie's a millionaire. And, <laughs> it's, and it's not because she's ever made a million dollar paycheck. Right. It's I because saved a million. she's yeah. saved, you know, yeah, ever. Yeah. That's so, I do that with gift cards. Do you hoard them? I hoard you- them. Like just yesterday, I used an Ulta gift card that I got last December. And when I went into Ulta, I was like, Rachel, it's time to spend this bitch. Like, yeah. get something that you really want. Like, because, you know, I'm on YouTube.com all the time looking at YouTube. people do, <laughs> doing their makeup. And I was like, just get something that you want. And then when I was in there, my brain was like, nothing feels worth it to spend this on. Mm. Even though it's like fake money. It's not yeah. my money. It was right. gifted to me. It's, it's not paid, coming it's out of my pocket. For, it's no, paid I so for. Agree. I so relate to that because when I was in college, I would get so stressed out about what I should. Also because when I would have a gift card, I'd be like, what is the most I can buy for yeah, this? And exactly. like trying to maximize the exactly. thing. And it was very, very exhausting. Um, and yeah, so money's always stressed me out. But also I'm like, because I have some parents who have money, some who don't, I'm like always preparing to like help other, like, I need money to help other mm-hmm. people, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I feel like I'm always just like clinging to it. To totally. Like try to yeah. do that. You yeah. Know? I am so bad with money. So God awful bad. Mm-hmm. And I need to be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really do because there. I just don't, I'm just bad with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, in so he's many, actively, um, it, we have an active scam happening right now. No, 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 <laughs> we'll no, no, talk no. About that later. There is no scam. <laughs> I know. Okay. <laughs> Um, there's no scam, (laughs) but, um, no, I just am bad with money and, but why do you think that is? I have no fucking idea. Have you always been like, I feel like, cause I have one friend who's really good with money and it's because her parents like work in that industry, like within a bank. And so they have that knowledge Always, yeah. and like, you know, something like I'll hear people talk about credit card transfers. I didn't know that was a thing. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I, I never think to, like, act in a way which would help me get a lower interest rate. Mm-hmm. I would just be like, well, I'm saddled with this much debt and that's it. Yeah. Or, like, I'd never think to take out a loan or, you know. Active, it, or investing in stuff. Investing? Is, I'm, I'm, I mean, and yes, I listen to the Goop podcast. Sue me. Um, <laughs> I listened to this interview with a really interesting woman who started this company, Elvest, and it's investing for women. Oh, yeah. And she was talking about, like, because the gender gap in investing is like mm-hmm. 90%. It's all male. Right. When right. They know how to invest and then women don't. Um, and then there are, you read articles about women that are like, I retired at 30. And then it's like, how? And she's like, I went to Harvard law and like, and yeah. I was CEO of bank of America. You're like, bitch, I don't know. Yeah. So her whole thing is like, <laughs> it's so, I don't know about that. <laughs> but so I was like, Oh, I want to start like investing on this app, but like literally not even she, you can start with $50. Like you have the goop promo is go on and she gives you 50 bucks mm-hmm. to start investing with. Mm-hmm. And literally to me, I'm like, I mean, could I turn this 50 into a 75? Yeah. I mean, if yeah, yeah, yeah. The case, I would be like, Honey, I won the system. Yeah, you like, take it out immediately. I'm not a, like thousands of dollars person. Yeah, no, that's what I'm that person. If I go gamble and I get up any sort of dollar amount, I'm like, cash me out. Like yeah. that's five dollars more than I came here with. I'm good to go. Yeah, I never that's gamble. So, it terrifies me. It's so interesting because I feel like I used to be like you guys when I was younger, because 
I mean, I grew up middle class too, uh, but my both my parents are like very, very, very poor backgrounds. Like mm-hmm. my mom was born in like a dirt floor in Mexico. Mm-hmm. My dad's born in the projects. Like, but they always were kind of the same way, instilling me to save, and they, we were always very frugal about things. And but I have a, I think something shifted. I think around adolescence where I have this thing when I have money where I'm like. You literally could die in an hour. Sure. Get what yeah. you want. Which is yeah. such a YOLO mentality that people, yeah. I, but I do think, and not to bring it back to this, and it's like totally something else that this episode's not about, but um, I do think after my nephew passed mm-hmm. when he was um, uh, 13 and of you were, cancer. How, and you were like the same age as I was 14. Time. Yeah. So, um, and we were like brothers because we like grew up together. And right. Stuff. So, I don't know, something about my entire physiology and like my my mind changed yeah so like i didn't like doing the same things anymore like not even talking about money and i think it was after that like definitely my adolescence where i was like oh if you want to like blow your like summer job money on this like one computer that in which you will have no money for the fall or anything you know like because i used to like gotta get a job at like a yogurt shop like during the school break or whatever it'd be like yeah we're gonna do that that's really and interesting. It's, but it's good and bad because it's partly, it's like, yes, use money to have these experiences because mm-hmm. you can die. Right. You can hoard and have 16000 in your savings. And then what if you never touched it and you just sure. die? Right. You sure. know? But then to waste it all is like, but then the life that you do have ahead of you, you're making harder. Yeah, they always right. joke like you could die tomorrow, but hopefully you don't wake up. Yeah, yeah. it's like you know. Yeah. there's the whole thing of um, pirates code. Are you familiar with that philosophy? No. That um, this, they I feel say, like, of course, Katie, you would know about I know, pirates I know, code. I know about pirates code. Um, no, it's the philosophy that like during the trade route time, that um, obviously they were uh, trading rum and stuff, and that basically they were like um, the captain always would drink the finest bottle of rum on the ship because the ship could always go down. Oh, wow. So it's basically the idea of that is like people who are like, I'm saving that bottle of wine Don't or I'm saving it. that yeah, china yeah. for like this. It's like you're saving it for a life that'll never happen. So like do it now, use those things now, which is yeah. now why actually gift cards. I used to get so paranoid um, or paralyzed by like, what do I do? How do I maximize it? And now I'm like, I've also, I would wait too long and then they would either expire yeah. or you'd lose them. Yeah. And now I actually use them as quickly as possible because I'm like, I don't want anybody fucking... Um, sure doing that or i feel the same way about like a you know like credit card points or yeah. little things like that like i used to like save and be like someday for my children you know right and now i'm like i'm like actually i'd be more mad if i died and i had 23 dollars in points that i didn't use. <laughs> yeah <laughs> or that you didn't assign yeah. to me. also um historically <laughs> the uh the um stereotype of swedish people is the thrifty swede and that was like oh the, i did not that know was that our like slur we were <gasps> that, known for being that's your little boutique that you open up when when you yes. when, when we give up <laughs> and we move to the desert and when i invest and then i yeah. triple it um yeah i in my american studies class they were showing like um ethnic stereotypes and like the rude cartoonish things and then the Swedish one was like the thrifty Swede. Don't call me thrifty. That's yeah. a slur. <laughs> How dare you? It's not my fault. I'm rich. I'm <laughs> oh man. So speaking of, so yes. Rach, we have you on because uh, you went through the crazy experience of your family lost a fortune. Not maybe not a full fortune, but a you full, lost your no, money it's in, a a full, pon- in a Ponzi scheme. It's just about a full fortune. Yeah. Um, and you kind of talked about it, but. Uh, can we talk about like what you said about growing up younger like when your sure. dad your dad had a Ferrari when yeah. you were younger we, literally the yeah. story of so my parents when they were together this is wife number two for my dad 
for two anyone listening. By the way. Two out of four. But Check what her- number earring is it? <laughs> <laughs> earring number one. Watch oh, guys, wow. watch um, Rachel's stand up to for more on um, her dad's my dad's wife. earrings. It's a wonderful bit. Yeah. Uh, earring earring one, aka the good old days. My parents did really well for themselves, uh, and they were not people who came from like they were both middle class, and they kind of like work together to kind of build their their working as executive producers um and yeah they did quite well for themselves so at one point life was like i was like dad this red ferrari is really nice and he was like it really is isn't it and the next day swear to god it was like outside like yeah and i mean i don't know that that means that he actually had the money for it or that he had the credit limit for it Mm -hmm. but like either way it was there yeah uh Which still, like, that's just my dad's mentality is, like, if you want it, let's get it, and we'll figure out the rest later. Um, Whereas my mom has always been a little bit more frugal, thanks to my grandma. Uh, Like I said. So, yeah. So, that was kind of, like, childhood was very much, like, if I wanted something, there was no question of, like, well, you know, can we afford it? It was, like, okay, well, how are your grades? You know, it was more, like, qualifications around. And you had a horse or... Yeah, like, I did. My two favorite things about Rachel, she had a horse. I did. I did have a horse. I was I was horseback riding, and my dad stupidly, I'll say, got me a horse. Because what little girl isn't going to be like, I would like a horse? Yeah, no, it's going to be like, Dad, I don't think that's a wise. Yeah, like, make it a pony. Yeah, a yeah. I mean, that. It, what was your horse's name? Spot. Okay. Oh. His his show name was in the spotlight. I was really proud of it. <laughs> yeah. Spotlight. Yeah. Show name. Really proud. Oh, we need show names. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, which like it is it is really fun. It does get really dark once they get divorced because yeah. I think yeah, once my parents got divorced, the it's horse like takes it hard. Yeah, really hard. <laughs> <laughs> what was it this is a brief sad story, but my dad stopped paying rent on like the stable. The stable. Oh. And so a woman put a lock on his um stall and I like couldn't take him out. So for a couple goodbye? weeks oh. no i mean i got to say goodbye but it was like i couldn't take him out oh. for a walk like he would just get fed and they would clean his stall but it was like i got put in the middle of the woman who owned the stable and my dad who wasn't paying oh, no. and it's like what am i supposed You're to do i'm 13 you know a, like a sweet flower yeah i'm not making that kind of money it turns out <laughs> like you know so the mitzvah wasn't that strong <laughs> yeah, exactly uh and so and i think that's when things got really confusing once my parents got divorced and i would ask for something like for school or if I wanted to go like to a, a concert or, you know, just something, or if I needed money for uniform or whatever, each one of them would say, well, I don't have money for that. Go ask the other parent. Mm. So then I got put in between the two of them having to ask for things that involved money. And that became really very difficult. And it made me and my sister become very insular of like, don't ask for anything mm. because it, it just brings a lot of pain. Yeah. So it just got very like, okay, we're just not going to. Uh, you know yeah. I, like i don't know it's not I, there anymore so yeah, like, yeah yeah and then it got very confusing because whereas uh when my parents were together and it was like we can't afford things once they were divorced it was like well we can't afford that or like mm. that's just not happening or ask your dad or ask your mom and so yeah it, it was just different i guess mm. um and that's when i was like 13 to 16 mm. is when all of that happened um yeah, beyond that. So then, yeah. <laughs> so like, we're, how how much do we want to fast forward? Yeah. I guess. So well, so just to give some context, like how you know you're growing up and stuff. So yeah. like your parents get divorced. Things are a little bit rough. Um. Now you're very close to your grandmother. Yeah, your super Bubby, close to Bubby. Yeah. Who is how old? She she's 99. She'll be 100 on wow. December 22nd. She's kicking. We had a pool party at Bubby's house this 
summer. Yeah, that's right. Oh, we loved it. She yeah. wheeled out. She watched us. <laughs> <laughs> she did. It was really great. Yeah. 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 My grandma grew up during the depression. Like she grew up in Boston during the depression. Oh God, that is depressing. It's yeah, very it's in wow. a tenement. Like she did the whole nine she yards. She was an American girl doll. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Jewish American girl doll. Bobby Friedman. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's really crazy and this talking is your mom's to her. Mom this we're is my about. yeah, this is my right. mom's mom, Zane, and Zane. If anyone wants to give her a quick Google, <laughs> um, yeah, she uh, like she remembers being alive before there was a refrigerator in her apartment. Mm. Like that's how old she is. Yeah, and she'll always tell me stories of how when the kids wanted to have a party, they would put out a bowl of raisins and nuts because <laughs> that's what they could afford. You know, it's yeah, like that yeah. was a snack for the time, yeah. and they'd play records and. Yeah, like that's uh-huh. that's how she grew up. She has, a, I think, a pretty wild story because she, her first husband left her with a kid and a house, like, and she wasn't really working because women weren't she really very working. Yeah. yeah, she was lucky to have a high school diploma, mm. uh, and she read a lot on her own volition, so she was able to read. Yeah. I just found <laughs> out that one of her friends never learned how to read wow. until she was seventy years old. Wow. Yeah. But it, it's literally the era. Yeah. I mean, women, d- and, and if you're poor and you don't go to school, like, right. Especially if you're, a wo- especially women. Exactly. They'll yeah. take you out to like, you know, yeah. raise the siblings or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Bubby used to cut hair. That was her, uh, trait. That's what she did she for a long stylist. time. Yeah. She was a stylist. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, she met my, my grandpa who like I grew up with and they moved out here to, beautiful orange county and what did they do what did he do he ran a hardware store and she helped with uh inventory Mm -hmm. for them and she did hair for the um the men that came in no (laughs) (laughs) she was like come to the back have a seat yeah garden shears yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah so like bubby established her life in southern california they bought a home they They bought a home yeah yeah with my mom my mom was born in Boston, but then like did most of her growing up out here. Uh, yeah. And she's out, Bubby's always lived. I mean, because of the time that she grew up, she's right. always lived quite frugally. Yeah. And maybe this is a projection, but I also assume growing up Jewish and like sh- her growing up through the world war two thing. Like, I just feel like there's a, 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 f- a fear mm-hmm. of things that can happen to you. Oh, and it totally. Makes you very, yeah. Um, so the clingy or hoarding tendencies a little bit. You I know think, what I, mean? I think what's scary too, is that like not only growing up during the depression, but Bubby's, this isn't the first kind of like money scandal that my grandma's been involved in. Mm. I guess she was banking back in the seventies with another bank that wasn't insured by the state and they lost all, all their money. Oh, in the seventies, probably there was a big economic crash. I believe that was probably why. Sure. Oh, wow. So it's like, it <laughs> this isn't the first time it's happened to her oh, okay and i think what's hard is that you know each time you run into a crisis like this yeah you're like well what do, what steps do i need to take now so that this doesn't happen next time okay. yeah and so what what was hard about this ponzi scheme is that uh it started with her cpa who was a family friend my mom knew this woman carol peterson from high school they went to high school. They went together. to high school together. Yeah, that's how they met. Yeah. Okay. True okay. betrayal. Yeah. True yeah. Betrayal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, betrayal. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we, okay. we, my mom and my grandma, 
I've known her for 30 years. <gasps> oh, and I'm 30 years old. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah. She's like, you know, she was someone who was around on major holidays, would come to Bubby's birthdays. Like, So she was a fan. This woman was your CPA. She was a family friend. Yeah. 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 She's never someone that I, like I have some of my mom's friends I have personal relationships with. She mm-hmm. was not someone that I had a personal relationship with, but I would know that she would be at certain holidays or at Bubby's birthday. Sure, and she's like, around. Yeah, very friendly. and Family friend. Family yeah. friend, yeah. Right, so right, she right. had been, uh, so... Do you know around what time, uh, 30 years ago, she became your grandma's CPA? I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd have to assume. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, and was Bubby like retired at the time or? Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now at that time, your Bubby had um, acquired a fortune or was it just building? No, it was just building. So, just building. so okay. anything that Bubby had, she worked for and my grandpa worked for. So house savings, probably retirement stuff, yeah. all that stuff. And she was investing with. So they had right. developed a nut that they wanted to grow. Yeah, totally. Right. Okay. Right. So I, so from what I've gathered, because I never asked questions about Carol and like mm-hmm. the investing, I just knew that that was something that my mom was doing. Why would you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. And why would I ask? Yeah. You know, growing up, it's like, I'm 18. I don't. I'm not concerned about what my mom is doing with her money right. like that right. is a mom thing to do. Right. Uh, so I'm not sure, I guess 10 years into their friendship after being a CPA to both my grandma and my mom, Carol comes to them with this opportunity of returns on investments. You know, it's like, this is 20 years ago at this point. Yeah, right. it must be. Okay. Must've been okay. somewhere between like 15 to 20 years, I'd say. And I mean, I think, you know, at that point, like you've been, you've known this person for 10 years. They've been in your life in this way. Like, I think my grandma was at Carol's first wedding Mm. or like involved with Carol's first husband's family. You know, like my, (laughs) my grandma knows how to plant herself in other people's (laughs) lives in a way that's as a good Bubby does. does, Yeah. Um, So yeah, she was quite involved. And so I think by that point, when you're 10 years into a friendship, that's like that intimate, it's like, yeah. You Why wouldn't them? I of want course. to? And right. so at that point, I'm just born. Mm-hmm. And not to toot my own horn, but I'm like the most important thing to my grandma. <laughs> so <laughs> so I think... family jewel. <laughs> exactly. I think too that like I'm born and my grandma's like, of course I want to invest in their future. And, you know, my grandpa felt the same way and they were... They just thought ahead. Like they thought ahead to put aside money to help me and my sister. Of course. Yeah, of course. At, you know, as we got to different stages in our lives. Um, so yeah, so I guess for at least 15 years, my mom and Bubby were investing quote unquote with Carol. Okay. So she comes to your mom. She says, I have an opportunity Yeah, you should invest in. Right. Which was probably some stock. I don't know. Yeah. It's like stocks. It was, yeah, it was something like, uh, low risk stocks. Sure. Right. So it sounds fine. Uh, and that just happens. Like my mom put a lot of the money that she had made from working, when my, when she and my dad were together and with Carol, you know, and it's like, of course, if you're seeing on paper, how much money Carol's telling you that you're making, you're like, great, take more, Sure, let's take more of my money because I want to have, I want my kids to have a certain future. And it's paying off. It's working. Right. It's true, Carol. It is. We're we're making more money with our money. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like, I never hear anything about it really until two years ago. Mm-hmm. Like there, there hadn't been any major problems. Mm-hmm. 
that I had heard of until two years ago. And that's kind of when the Ponzi scheme started to unravel. Okay. So what was the first symptom or what was happening? Sure. So the first time that I was aware that anything was going on was two years ago when Bubby said, I haven't gotten my money from Carol. And so what that means is that Carol would deposit like a lump sum into my grandma's account so that she could help pay for like bills. Mm -hmm. And And she's a caretaker. Again, she's 99. Yeah, yeah. She has, she has around the clock care. Mm -hmm. She goes to the doctors when she needs it, but also just to go gossip. Yeah. So it's like, (laughs) it all adds up. She loves a friend. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Her house is like from the 60s. So it's constantly needing repairs, you know, just like grandma stuff, grandma stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think a month goes by where she's like, I haven't gotten this money. Like I'm okay. I have, luckily she has her own savings that she can touch. That's not like, she's not waiting on Carol. Uh, so that happens for one month and we're like, okay, well hopefully Carol will figure it out in the it's next weird month. Glitch or something. Yeah. It'll be there because I guess as Bubby's telling me this, she says, well, it happened another time, but Carol figured it out. Mm. Okay. So we're like, okay. So your faith is still in Carol. Like, oh, yes. okay, but it was fine. So yeah. Cool. Right. Some glitch. Yeah. So we're like, great. It'll be there next month. The next month comes around. There's no money. And not only that, but my grandma cannot get a hold of Carol anymore. <gasps> so it's like at first Carol, Bubby's calling Carol going, hey, my money's not there. You know, is everything okay? I just want to make sure. And Carol's going, yes, don't worry. It'll be there next month. It'll be there next month. And then Carol goes off the map. Like cannot get a hold of her. Bubby's trying to call her. My mom's trying to call her. Bubby calls Carol's mother mm-hmm. because it's like at this point, <laughs> <laughs> Bubby's like, I will is call something your wrong? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, it's oh, like, is wow. she dead? Yes, like, we've right. never had yeah. this happen before. Yeah, exactly. Of course, Bubby's first instinct is like, Carol's sick yeah. or she's something's really wrong or, you know, I don't know what's going on. So Carol falls off the map for a while and Bubby's still like, there's no money here. Mm-hmm. So she's starting to dip into her, uh, like, you know, whatever savings yeah, that she has, nasty. which again, I don't know where, what my grandma's or my mom's like savings looked like. I just know that they had money with Carol that was supposedly several accounts that were like inheritance, right? Personal House. savings. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, and then at some point, and There's at like, this point, were you suspicious at all? Or were you just kind of like, oh, that's weird. That's happening in the background. Like, what's up with that? It was weird. Yeah. It was definitely weird. But I don't think it was until like the whisperings of Carol's being sued because she's running a Ponzi scheme mm. or because some people wanted their money back from her and she could not give it to them. That's kind of when things kicked in of like, oh, fuck. Oh, what's going on? Yeah. So what, where did those words, like, what was the first word on that might be, so she, she calls her mom and her mom doesn't know what's happening. Yeah. What does her, her mom, mom say? I mean, her mom is like, I don't even remember what her mom says. I don't know yeah. that her mom covers for her, but I think she's just like, no, Carol's fine. She just needs time. She'll get back to you soon. Going through something or uh, whatever. Yeah. And Carol's husband, boyfriend, I don't know what he is to her, but is saying the same, like Carol's fine, but she just needs some time and she'll get back to you. Ooh, so everyone's so kind of covering have- for her people covering for yeah. her. Yeah. That's shady as fuck. Yeah. So what we hear is that, let me double back because mm-hmm. I feel like this is getting confusing. Mm-hmm. So what Carol did is she has this pool of money that she's quote unquote investing. And I asked my mom about this once when I was like 22 because I just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. 
I've, you know, again, like how does literally how can that be possible? Yeah. Yeah. Like what is investing? I don't know how it works. And I remember asking my mom and my mom kind of explained it, but also didn't understand it. So what was going on is that Carol was taking people's money investments that they thought they were like, great, I'm going to give these to Carol. She's going to go invest Mm -hmm. in, excuse me, low risk bonds. And then I'm going to make money off those. So what had happened was different people who were part of this like quote unquote client pool Mm -hmm. said, okay, I'm ready to withdraw my funds. And they weren't there. And they weren't there. And then they sued her. Because in a Ponzi scheme, new people's money was paying old people's funds. Right. Yeah. So at that point... But at a certain point, it all catches up and then there are people who are left holding nothing. Yeah, because when one person wants to take it out, now the whole domino falls. Right, right, right. Or starts. Right. Yeah, sorry if I should have explained a Ponzi scheme. No, it's okay. People we assume, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good. So Uh, that's what she had been doing. Right, right. So, but then when we hear that, we're like, oh, these people, they own two McDonald's franchises. Like, they're just wealthy and they're mad and... They're just being petty. They're just being petty. I mean, that's what you want to think because... When you lay it all out, it's like, here's a person who we've known for 30 years who has been delivering on, you know, these financial needs that we have, that my grandma has, that my mom has. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's some major problem with these people who all we know about them is that they own franchises. Yeah. And there's been no symptoms up to this point. So you're like, why would I? Right. Right. You're just like, okay, that. Yeah. Right. So at that point, Carol goes... I can't give you, I can't get you any more money right now, but you will be okay. What does that mean? That's just straight up what she tells them. Yeah. To, to, to Bubby and my mom. She tells them. On the phone or in person? Do you know? Ooh, I don't remember. Yeah, probably on the phone, but. Yeah. Is like, hey, I'm, yeah, okay. But I mean, in the meantime, Bubby's calling Carol at least once a week, if not daily. Yeah. My mom's emailing her like, what's going on? What do I need to do? And how many months in is this of like no money? Probably like six to eight months. Okay. So that's a Do you know yeah. how long it was that Carol was off the map and dodging their calls and emails? Two to three months. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So it, that's why it felt... It, when someone like that drops off the map, you're mm-hmm. like, okay, this is serious. Right. But yes. then for her to come back and go, you'll be okay. Because you want to believe of course. I'll be okay. Yeah. You listen to it. Yeah. But also it's like, how could we believe you? You just ignored us for three months. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, seems like something's weird because yeah. she's never done this before. So right. you're like, maybe something's happened. Like, you know. Right. Just the plot, like, of what, where your mind or is Or she has time. done this before. You're just discovering this. Sure. And this is who she is. Right, sure. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, All to of you it. specifically. Yeah, to yeah. you, yeah. I think it, at some point, I don't know where this is in the timeline, but at some point my mom drove past her house and said that the windows were, like, cardboarded up and the doorbell was, like, kicked off or something. Oh. So I think somebody else got mad enough that they went and tried oh, to confront I'm her. I'm sure multiple people went yeah, yeah, yeah. and she was like, oh yeah, I need to do something. Just dodge, yeah. So she's like, you guys are going to be okay. And they're like, what the fuck? Okay. Well, yeah, at that point you're just like, all right. My grandma has like, I th- I think she has a hold of uh, like my and my sister's and my mom's inheritance that she like set aside that's not with Carol, thank God. And that's just what she's been living off so of. So she was like, okay, yeah. Uh. And then around that time where Carol's like, you'll be okay, my grandma falls and breaks her hip. Mm. And that was like, okay, very stressful. (laughs) Exactly. Really stressful. It was like, A, are you going to die? Because at this point, she's 98 years old getting a hip replacement. You know, it's like, that shouldn't happen. Living shouldn't happen. (laughs) 
but she does yeah and carol comes to the hospital <gasps> to see her <gasps> yeah and we're standing in the room with carol oh my god and she's sitting there with bubby going you'll be okay you know i'm, I'm so glad that you're out of surgery i'm so glad you're okay you'll be home soon enough oh my god yeah and it was it, it was just so weird because it's like okay here's this person who my grandma and my mom have trusted with their lives mm -hmm. their livelihood who fell off the map for a couple months who we don't really know what's going on who cannot talk to my mom or my grandma about when they will start receiving yeah you know money to like pay their rent pay their bills again yeah. uh just sitting you know bedside with my grandma oh my yeah and had did not address it to bubby or you or your or, or your mother was no, probably not, like, not in the room this is about Bubby right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. We're just happy she's alive. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So. Like making it all about, but and Bubby's like, "Where's my money?" <laughs> Legit. <laughs> if only I. Did you see this hip? It yeah. costs money. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I mean, so that so what what was mostly stressful about Bubby breaking her hip is that it was then like, okay, well now we need to get you home and we need to have professional care come in because mm. it can't just be her like her caretakers who are like, "I'm here to make you breakfast and help you get dressed." You know, it's like we need to get you on a rotation of pain management physical pills, therapy, physical yeah. therapy, like, you know, so it, it just was this really hefty finance mm -hmm. that was about to be incurred that it w just, everything looked like a mountain yeah. and it, you know, Bubby has that mentality of like, um, let me put tape on my glasses before I get new ones. Mm -hmm. So it felt really hard to be like, okay, we're going to get people to come in, you know, hourly who can stay with you 24 hours a day, but that costs $26 an hour. Yeah. And there is no, you know, like insurance doesn't cover that. Sure. Uh, or if they did, you'd have to prove that you had a certain level of income, which we don't know what Bubby's level of income mm -hmm. is right now. Um, so yeah, that was, that was really stressful, but it was, I'm very thankful that my mom just said, we're just going to put it on a credit card and we'll figure it out later. Yeah. Like we just need to help, you know, get her stable mm -hmm. again. So, so Carol's there. Carol's there. Yeah. Are you glaring mad dog at Carol or can you not even look at her? I'm more mad dogging her, yeah. but I'm also confused. Cause you're like a set. You're like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. yeah. I think really what, uh, it, again, it's, confusing mm -hmm. because who do you believe right right like this person who i've heard whispers about who is part of a client pool like my mom doesn't know anyone else who's in this client pool mm -hmm. of hers we don't know other people so we can't be like hey what have you heard yeah it's just my mom and my grandma going back and forth to each other of do you think she would do this to us mm. do you think she would do this to us no she wouldn't and when something like that that's so unbelievable happens you go into denial. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's the same with like literally anything in your life where you're like, I can't believe this is happening. You're just like, well, then I won't believe it's happening. Yeah. yeah. And they've known her for 30 plus years. And yeah. so it's like, it's like except trying to accept something that your sister or your daughter did something this awful to you. And you're like, no, that can't yeah. be. Yeah. I'm going to rule out every other possible thing and exhaust that first before I admit well, they did do it. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So from there, yeah, she's in the room, with Bubby. And then what's the next? The next is like, we don't really hear from her. The next is like, there is a lawsuit being filed against Carol. Oh and is it a class action or directly from your family? Class action. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
And but, at this time, is the FBI involved? Yes. <gasps> so then you hear. So then, yeah. So then we hear like, okay, the FBI is getting involved. This There's, is real. This is real. Yeah. But and and yet, still in so much denial because, like, for me, again, I don't know the numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, my mom would always say something like, "You'll oh, you'll be okay." Like, once I pass, you'll be fine. You yeah. know, like, don't worry about it. But I think now at this point, it's like, it's just totally different. So my, I can't imagine being at my mom's age, having worked as hard as I worked at Bubby's age, worked as hard as she worked with my grandpa who like, you know, like Holocaust survivor came to America, like did, you know, the rags to middle-class journey to have it all taken from you Mm -hmm. and to be, you know, it's like my mom, especially she's like, I, I can't start over, Mm -hmm. you know, and she doesn't, you know, she has a profession it's the entertainment industry, which is so unstable. You know, it's like she's a yeah. freelancer. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine starting over at her age being a freelancer. Yeah. It just is impossible. Right. And it makes me feel awful. And I think that me, luckily, I'm young. You know, I mm-hmm. have my own chance to make my own money, which I always have. You know, there was never part of me that was like, well, I'm just going to fuck off and trust fun kid. Yeah. Trust fun kid. Yeah. yeah. Because a, I didn't have access to it, mm-hmm. the money B never knew how much it was mm-hmm. and was like, not, you know, I'm not here to like rely on that. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And that's the way to probably do it for most trust fund kids is like, you don't give them access to all that money right. until like yeah. a certain point. Yeah. Right. And it really, you know, it's, yeah. just, it's just common people's inheritance. That's just right. how it works. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. For sure. Uh, so I think that's really, I didn't want it to be real for my mom because I could sense the fear. I mean, it really, really has destroyed her Mm. in this way that like, I can't imagine. Yeah. You know, I mean, she's going through a level of betrayal. That's like, I, it, I don't know if I would almost say this is actually worse than getting like, I don't know, like, like you're, I don't it's know. Awful. It's, it's awful. It's awful. It's your friend of 30 years yeah. literally stealing all of your money, all of your mother's it's an emotional money. and financial devastation. I was yeah. trying to search for a word more than betrayal, but right. like devastation. That's, yeah. yeah. I just couldn't find one, but yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's it is, it's yeah. so right. Anyway, getting back to the, the timeline of it all is we hear that the FBI is involved. So at this mm-hmm. point, my mom is still trying to talk to Carol to be like, what's, going to happen like what do I need what's to do what's yeah. happening can you tell me what's going on I'm freaked out mm-hmm. and is still trying to be like are we team Carol do we believe right. that these people are just being greedy are they crazy are they vindictive mm-hmm. or did Carol fuck up yeah uh and I think my mom just gets so frustrated because she's not like getting an answer she doesn't feel better because this lawsuit as it's under investigation I think my mom can see the timeline of it and understands that it's not going to be done in six months Mm -hmm. you know it's not going to be done in a year this is big it's big so there's a receiver as part of the case who's kind of collecting data from all the clients who were in the client pool to understand how much money they put in what they got back where did it go what you know what are Carol's records there's like a good month and a half where Carol doesn't hand over a thumb drive with her records on it or mm. her invoice statements or, you know, like yeah. whatever it is. The books. The books. Yeah. So it's like there's, you know, delay, delay, delay. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, like, you know, there's nothing for us to do. It's like you are uh, 
I don't know what the word is that I want. You're, you're living in limbo. Yeah, Because yeah. you're like, it literally is all our, everything we ever worked for are gone. Right. Yeah. Right. And you're hoping it's not. And you're hoping it's not. Right. And there's nothing. At the end of, because also it's like, this is such a big investigation. Although this big thing was like, the accounts are frozen or whatever, right? So right. nobody can access anything. So like, right. you're like, maybe I'll get a cut at the end when they figure it out. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so that's all happening. And as my, my mom's trying to get information from anyone. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's talking to this receiver and he's saying like, there's nothing left. And that's just, I think it's just, you know, it's too hard to hear. Yeah. But it's that, it's that balancing act of like, okay, well we have to prepare for the worst, but also I hope not. Please don't tell me that's the real answer. Yeah. Yeah. So finally a uh, date gets set for her uh, arraignment. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, has she been so she's not been arrested at this point no okay they're like no. build, the data receiver is like building the case the FBI is building the case right. got it they her. need more right. to arrest to, and her and then to yes. know what to charge her for right. yes yeah. right so then she is charged and then there's a, a court date set for let's see so now we're in 2019 mm-hmm. this year yeah and I'm so, very surprised she didn't cut and run she didn't like go to Britain or something. No, or, I know. Or to Cancun. She went. Yeah. Well, we do know that she went somewhere for a month, right? Like we know that she fell off the map for a month. Mm-hmm. In that initially, when this all started, right. we don't know where she went. But she didn't just stay out of the country. Apparently not. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's still ways to get you back. Yeah, that's like, sure. The, the yeah, FBI yeah. does do that sure. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's a whole year. So all of 2018 is just that was all the case. And this, I just knew this through you because we would talk about it all the time of yeah. like what is happening and you had, yeah. you were like, we don't know anything because it's still being yes. built. Basically. All of 2018 was being in limbo and yeah. saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. My poor mother, you know, freaking out, yeah. right, rightfully so. And what was, how was Bubby responding to this? Was she just like also in disbelief or was she getting mad? Like what's happening? I think it oscillated. I don't think Bubby let me really see how upset she was mm-hmm. because that's just not in her nature. She didn't want you to worry. Too. Yeah. Yeah. But I know that she feels very betrayed and yeah, really upset. And, but at the same time, still she's like, you know, I'll talk to her and she's like, I can't believe Carol did what she did, but what am I going to do? Sit here and cry about it. And and I'm like, well, yeah, maybe for 10 minutes (laughs) or something like (laughs) you're allowed to, yeah, you totally can. But, um, so in this period of limbo, how do you perceive it has begun to affect your family, specifically your mom and, and your grandma in terms of the money not being accessible? Uh, really hard, really hard. Yeah. It yeah. like, it's that thing where like, we, we all know that moment where you look at your bank account and you're like, okay, I have $20 left until my mm-hmm. next paycheck. Okay. It's felt like that. But for my 98 year old grandma right. who was like finally signing up for medical thank god you know mm-hmm. but like it was just not again not that my grandma had this drastic lifestyle change um but she did have to sign up for like you know some social services and i think mm-hmm. that really <laughs> hurt her her pride hurt her pride yeah and i'm just laughing um because she's such a republican <laughs> um <laughs> which you know I'm very happy that I'm very happy that those resources are there for her. And I think that she is too. Um, But yeah, I think it was a really, it's really hard to have your like social status be changed for you. Yeah. Right. Where it's like so out of your control. 
uh, and when you're economic status, we should say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. economic no, status good, yeah. is what I meant. But that is interesting because if your mom works in entertainment, ec- economic status does parlay into how you are seen socially. Yeah, you know totally. what I mean? Yeah, it's all yeah, so, it's all about identity too, right. and like, and also it's like you just you worked hard and you had this shit. So yeah, so well. it so it got to the point where my grandma would be like, well, I I don't know if I can. Um, buy a soda for the gal who's taking care of me today at Del Taco because she, you know, you know, yeah. when, when you're stressed about money, it flares up around interesting things that you would not expect. It's a little, yeah. You like little things t- are a yes. huge deal. Yeah. Totally. Oh my God. No, that's so true. Once I was on a tour, it's not at all the same gravity. <laughs> but once I was on like a DIY tour with a few comedians that we both know, and I had like such a little amount of money left in my bank account, and I still had like of the half of the other leg of the tour, like the whole like Northwest area. Mm-hmm. And we were like, I think like in like Southern Oregon or, or like Northern California. And I was like paying for something with my debit. And it was like for a big bottle of water. And I was like, okay, it's like one of those gallons. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is actually good because then I won't need to like buy any drinks or anything like that. I'm going to buy this. And I was paying with my debit. And then like this comedian quote unquote friend comes up and puts all this sh- like shit, like snacks and drinks mm-hmm. and stuff and says, oh, can you just put it on your card and I'll like Venmo you or uh, whatever. And I was like, no. Yeah. And I was like, and he was like, then he goes, why not? And I was like, oh, no, because I'm just going to pay for my thing. You could just pay for your thing. And then he was like, I just don't understand why you can't. I'm like, oh, my God, we're right here. Yeah. And I literally turned to him and I said, I don't have that much money. Yeah. I said this to him in front of everyone. Yeah. I was like, so I would like to pay for my thing. Right. Yeah. And you can just pay for your own thing, which it's like he had credit cards and debit cards. I was like, just pay for your right. own thing. Right, yeah. Why Why are we doing this roundabout of like, I pay for it and then you Venmo me? Yeah. Why? Just, you're right here. Just pay for it, yeah. you know? Um, and he just, you know, he's someone who just doesn't, he didn't get that. And he yeah. was like, oh, oh, okay. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. like yeah. pick up on the hint, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, it, uh, it's so wild. And it makes me feel so bad. It's like, you know, it's, it's funny for me to make fun of my grandma, like saving twisty ties or only shopping at Ross. Mm-hmm. But then to watch her have that, her, you know, her own internal, like, well, I can't buy this soda. And it's like, a soda is $1.25. Like you definitely have more than $1.25 coming in from social services, you know, or like right. social security. But yeah, it's, it's just been hard to watch, to like hear the way that she talks about, you know, things differently like she loves to go shopping yeah mm. she loves a nordstrom rack yeah and like we'll still go and touch everything but, <laughs> <laughs> but it is just different and i mean my mom my mom like really very much had a hard time i think just because of where she is in her life where it's like young enough to try and f- and get it together or you know i mean she is you know to get it together one more time before you're like now i need to retire now right. i need to be done yeah. or like i'm so old like but old enough that you're exhausted exactly exhausted and my mom works her ass off like I don't know how I'm her daughter because she works so hard and I feel so lazy by comparison you know I'm like I am inspired by her all the time but it makes me feel awful because I can't imagine being in her position at all and is Mm. she just kind of like in turbo drive in terms of work now oh totally it's it's obsessive you know it's like she's she's doing fine for herself right now but it's it's hard because it's it's just so survival mode. And so it gets to a point where you're like, okay, I'm making progress. And that progress where you're like, okay, I'm at the, I'm at the top of the wheel. I'm making progress. F- the bottom falls out. Right. Because you go, well, why am I making this progress? 
I have nothing left. What am I going to do? You know, it was very like, am I going to end up in a tent on the side of the ten? Right. And I was like, do you want to be on the 405 instead? Like, we can put you wherever you want. But it's also that thing when you're in crisis, you catastrophize, sure, you know? So it's like, okay, mom, you're not going to go from living in Marina Del Rey yeah. to living in a tent. Like also literally everyone's fear. Everybody always says, am I going to be homeless? Yeah. Like that's the yeah. Baseline for everybody. It's, sc- it's a very scary in- thing. Totally. Yeah. And it's totally valid when it's like right. your money is gone. Yeah. Your money is gone. Yeah. Luckily I have a, great two bedroom (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah it was just it was really hard to have to just you know I'm 28 like to be to have to not even parent in this way because it is full-on crisis but just to have to be there for my mom in this way that I don't understand at all I don't know how to soothe her I don't know how to comfort her yeah it's it's betrayal it's tragedy it's this Mm lot like really deep loss right that's so hard to cope with because this also extends farther than your depth. Like mm-hmm. this goes back from before you were even born. Her friendship yeah. with this person, a person yes. you think you know, so, yes, yeah, betrays yeah. you so much. Yeah. The good thing I think is that she has been kind of looking into what happens when you're part of a Ponzi scheme and understanding how often it does happen. Yeah, These happen very, a lot yeah. on smaller scales and but larger. They, and I mean, larger, yeah, yeah, they do happen. Um, so you know, it's like, okay, well that's satisfying, but it's still like there, there's no, you know, there's nothing to recoup for her. Like, right. It's It's just trying to heal and like going. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So a court date gets set Mm -hmm. for Carol, uh, to be charged. What's the word for that? I feel like, yeah, it's an idiot. That's when they they tell you what you're charged with. Yeah. So then that gets pushed. Okay. Even back even more. Yes. Okay. So you're like, never, there's never any like. Exactly. So it just feels like it gets pushed for another three months. And my mom (gasps) at this point is like, I just need an answer. Mm -hmm. I just need to know because I want to be done being in limbo. It's been two and a half years now. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, like I want to, I want to see the, the look in her eyes. Right. I want to, you know, it's just, it's, it's pure rage. Yeah. Which I totally understand. Also cycles of grief. Yeah. Cause it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. She wanted to see the look in her eyes when she was charged. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all did. Yeah. You would have loved it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm totally that. It was great. Yeah. It was great. So in uh, September 2019. This is months. Yeah. This is months ago. Yeah. Uh, I go to the Department of, of Justice in downtown LA. Beautiful building. And we sit in this courtroom and listen to what the judge has to say. And a couple people give victim testimonies even though it's like it's already been decided we're just kind of Mm -hmm. reading through the evidence that the judge has people can say a couple more things that they want if they want I think my mom submitted a video as a witness testimony of Mm -hmm. of my grandma now can I ask really quick has Carol been in prison in the interim time before this I don't think so okay she probably posted bail because somehow she had money for that right or took it out you take out a loan right um so we're there I listened to a couple other people give their victim testimonies and it's all people who were close friends of Carol's. That's, that's the craziest It's all part. people who are close friends of Carol's. Yeah. So what's, so what's really crazy. And I think for me where the story really comes together as someone who yes, was a part of it, but was still an outsider mm. and not understanding sitting in that, in the courtroom was, it was just really eye opening. All of these people who, you know, said I've known Carol since high school you know, Carol mm-hmm. and I met when after I got in this life-threatening car accident. It's 
it's all these people who just happened to be around her. It doesn't oh. seem like she went after anyone in particular, but she manipulated everyone close to her. Yeah. So in total, she Ponzi schemed like $47 million from a total of 50 people. And these were all people who knew her. Some people were like, oh, I'm a friend of this person who just also suggested I invest $100,000 with her. And other people were like the people who own that franchise who invested $12 million. Or another one guy gave a a testimony that was truly heartbreaking where he said that, you know, Carol knew his mom for 30 years. His mom also survived the depression. Carol helped her buy a house. And then in turn, that mom was able to help all of her kids buy homes. And once the money stopped, once the return stopped going to his mom, all the kids had to sell their homes. The mom had to sell her home so they could afford to put her into an assisted living. She got sick being in the assisted living. Went it's to the Germany. Yeah. Yeah. It's full of. Yeah. And the stress of moving. Yeah. Well, yes. and the stress of. Everybody has to sell everything for everybody has to sell everything. All the money I've worked for is gone. She's in the hospital with a cough. The doctor says she'll be out the next day. Three days later, she died. That's how he ended his, you know, it's like, that's how he ended his testimony, which is like, that's how this woman's life ended. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Because you're taking someone already with a low immune system, high stress, totally going through emotional turmoil and then putting them into a germ filled. I mean, those assisted livings are disgusting. Bad. Yeah. And a lot of times they do mistreat them, even if yeah. they paid for a nice one. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? And that's so, why we've, so Bubby still lives at home and I know if she did not live at home, she would be dead by now. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Like what is it? They can get like staff that kills elderly. Oh, yeah. What is it? Stuff, There's yeah. another one with an M. MRSA. MRSA, yeah. Ugh. And Bubby already had shingles. You know, it's like, wow. that's the other thing is that talking to Bubby is like you, I mean, at a hundred years old, she can count on two hands the amount of time she's almost died, like from childbirth into, you know, being a old lady. Right. And it's just, you know, this kind of stress, I don't know how she's been able to manage it because, uh, you know, yeah. anybody else would die because it is so traumatic. Yeah. For an old person. For an old person. Yeah, especially, yeah. But the same, so in listening to everyone's victim testimonies, it's a lot of people saying, I was vulnerable. I was a close friend of Carol's. One woman got in this life-threatening car accident I had mentioned. She won a settlement that would have taken care of her throughout the rest of her life. So it was like, you know, she's in the courtroom saying, it's a miracle I can walk today. Mm-hmm. The money that I had gotten would have helped me as I got older and as my ailment started to affect you more. Affect yeah. her more. And she said, I don't have that money anymore because I gave it to Carol, all of it to Carol, all these people saying they gave all this money to her, you know, and it was, it was so interesting because the way in which everyone expressed their pain was like listening to survivors of abusive relationships who say they felt manipulated and Mm. gaslit and taken advantage of. And because it is, and it was just, uh, yeah, it was just awful. And we're all just sitting in this room like none of us are none of us are seeing any of that again. Even people who who were granted um, returns, right? Right? Or because they have to like they took Carol's estate, what she did own, and then they have to like div- right, right? They're gonna right. right? They're gonna like liquidate that. Right. The judge called out different different families and what they would be receiving. Mm-hmm. My family's name did not get called. Mm. 
But even for those who said, okay, you're, you know, you're going to get a hundred thousand dollars back. You're going to get, I think one number was up to $12 million back. It's like, Carol doesn't have that money though. Oh yeah. It's like, that's true. It's like they legally say she owes you, but she's never going to pay it. Yeah. Right. They, it's she like doesn't have it. she, she legally has to be making payments toward all of these mm-hmm. people that she owes at $25 a month. So at what rate? Yeah, you know, never. like that's the minimum that she can that she can pay these people back month yeah. by month. It's like you're never gonna get it. Yeah. No, never. It's gone. So, so in the court. Oh yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Your family's name was not called. Right, and I don't know if that's because of the where the investigation started, like the year in which the investigation started. Okay. If my if Bubby and my mom had in started investing with her such a long time ago that there just are no records. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah. Or it's also like proportional. Like if the right. McDonald's people put in 20 million, mm-hmm. then they'll get proportional. Like of the settlement, they'll right. get that back. Like who knows? Right. right. But yeah, so there's, so you guys weren't even involved in, or you weren't even included in the basic reparations. Right. Whatever. Yeah. So you will get nothing. Your family's going to get nothing back. Nothing. Mm. Lost. Lost. I think what's crazy is that because Carol forged invoices, oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> wait till it goes over yeah. and then repeat it. Yeah. Sorry. We're holding for copter. Yeah. Okay. Camera one, go ahead. Okay. Sorry. Uh, so because Carol forged invoices to all of these people, uh, to someone like my mom, oh, they're forged. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, of course. Sense. Yeah. But that's that's another part of the unraveling that you have to do in your brain is like, no, but I had all of this money. You know, my mom is like, no, I had all of this money. I had mm-hmm. all of this ready for my retirement. I had all of this ready for when you wanted to get married. I had all this ready for when I like your inheritance. But the reality of it is, as soon as my mom gave Carol any money or as soon as Bubby gave Carol any money, it was gone. Mm. there was no invest you know there was no investment so none of it was you real you never yeah. made money on your money mm. any invoice that you looked at was a lie was a fake so basically every time there was money being shelled out it was like carol was just what was he did they talk about what she was spending it on okay like- so this is what i looked up because okay. i was quite interested and i think the <laughs> let me tell you about the downside of running a ponzi scheme <laughs> is that most of the money that you're bringing back in is being given back to people who you quote unquote, oh, mm-hmm. on their investment. So that you won't, the Ponzi scheme doesn't unravel yet. Exactly. Right. So what I read in, uh, I think it's like the official DOJ website was that she used it to pay off credit cards, set up trust funds for her sons. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think she, she bought a house in Oregon. So I guess part of the money mm-hmm. was used for that. Um, but that's it, you know? She was honestly at very quickly. You get yourself into such a like hole that it's like everything is just maintaining everything else. Right. You know, I would think. Are they going to liquidate those trust funds and put them back into the pot? I don't know. That house? I don't know. So what's, what's really fucked up, if I may say, is, uh, Carol got to read out her own statement before this, before she was officially sentenced. Oh, what did she look like in the room? By the way, like, what was the vibe? Like, were people just like... Oh, there was a woman sitting in people? front of me. No, she didn't make eye contact with anyone. Mm. She just kind of sat with her head down, looking at her papers. She cried while she spoke, of course. There was a woman sitting in front of me who... She was like a friend of someone who just got told to, you know, invest with this woman. And the woman was like hunched over the rose in the courtroom going, yeah, 
you want to smile at us? That's okay. Like she was calling out. Like it was like it was it was like she was narrating a baseball game, you know, and she's like, okay, you're going to cry. All right. Yeah, you're going to cry. And I could, you know, she's saying it to no one, but I can hear her. I think that was the funniest part is that it was like, we all want to yell at her so badly. We all want to, you know, just like ask her, how could you do this? Yeah. Uh, So so Carol reads out her statement, which is like, I humbly apologize for everyone I've hurt. Did she download it off of Google templates? Like straight up. She's like, I, I apologies. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's just Siri. For name Karen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Carol she, apologizes. <laughs> it's just. She says, I humbly apologize for everyone I've hurt. Uh, I know I've damaged a lot of relationships. Lives. Lives. Mm. Yeah. I can't really remember what else she says because it was so unimpressive. But what she does say is that I know everyone in this room can overcome any hurdle that's put in their way. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck off. Which is so insane because it's like, yeah, these people probably could have, but you got out with your shitty hammer and nails and you're like, let Mm. me just make this one for you. Like, like what were you thinking? Yeah. You just heard that, that someone who was your friend, died because of the pain that you caused yeah. oh my god you know yeah she's and she's not sorry you can't keep doing this yeah. right. to this many people and yeah. be like i'm sorry yeah it's like no you deliberately kept doing this for decades yeah decades yeah like, she and you know what, jonathan you're gonna be okay yeah. i just know you are because you're strong <laughs> right it's like what the hell yeah it's Crazy. um if she was a good person and, and let's say she started it off Mm-hmm. thinking that she was such a hot investor and then she realized oh my god i like fucked up with their money if she was a good person she would have gotten that money back and totally. never have told them and would have been like i'm never doing that again i was sure. such a fucking idiot yeah. Or well, cut your losses like, and, yeah. she made yeah. enough money as a cpa right like she babe you had like a job yeah, yeah. yeah. which was so insane and then i think to me the most frustrating part when i think about like running a ponzi scheme is that when you're like oh look at all this money in my account and you're like no i have to give it away to people actually you know like you you're not even getting that's what i'm saying enough you, from you're it just keeping everything floating yeah. you're not even like embezzling a ton or something right but as far as we know though because it is quite possible that she did offshore accounts. I have yes. heard that people who run Ponzi schemes will squirrel their money I'm, away they, somewhere. I mean, so. I would imagine that they have to, but yeah. it is true. There's only, but then they can't fake money to give back to their investors. So like, right. who knows? But. Right. Yeah. Wow. So Carol could potentially have like a ton of money in like a Swedish bank account. Maybe. I don't know about a ton because I do know that she was giving money back to people until right. she couldn't. So I do think that she's mostly out. Right. I think that she's mostly out of money, which is why fun right. stopped to that other elderly woman who passed my yeah. grandma. I have to assume a handful of other people in that room. Uh, additionally, she said uh, that it was unfortunate that there was a receiver involved in the case. So the person who was kind of collecting what? all the info because that person cost like $125 an hour to work on this case. So in in the end, he ended up getting paid over $100,000 to work on this case. And Carol goes, you know, I really didn't want that because that could have been money that went back to everyone here. It's like, oh, is that 100K going to make a dent in the $47 million that you stole from people? And that's what you're, my God, that's, that's the cross that you want to die on. Oh my God. It was so She's wild. crazy, but legit, she's like sociopath. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, she's totally. definitely, because also th- she has something in common with like people who like abuse and kill. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they start or continue with people in their lives that they know. Right. 
You know what I mean? Right. Whether it is an acquaintance or someone really close. You know, when there is a murder or or there's abuse, they always look at the people closest, closest first, to yeah. you right. and then they go outward right, from right, there. Right. You know, strangers are the last people they look because it's so arbitrary. It's yeah. like, okay, well, no, we have to look. We have to look at the social ring and keep going out and right. out until we find our perpetrator. And the thing about Carol is that she's so unassuming. Do you know what I mean? Like as a person, as a human being, if you met her, you would never go, she will one day run a Ponzi scheme. Right. She's just quite plain. Yeah. And very like keeps to herself. She's not flamboyant. You know, it's, but it's like you, uh, it, to me, it just reinforces like you never know someone. No. Yeah. yeah. You never know someone. And it's so hard because in a situation like this where you want to go, okay, what's the lesson to learn to never do it again? Never let it happen again don't trust your friends right you know it's like yeah because there were no signs so how would you know there were no yeah there were no signs there were no major signs i will say in hindsight it's like of course now there are signs coming out you know where it's like carol once went to bubby and said when she was pregnant so this must have also been 20 years ago and said um can i get a loan from you Mm -hmm. and bubby without a without a beat went sure what the fuck yeah because bubby my sweet, trusting, right. righteous Bubby goes, this woman's pregnant. I'm not going to, you know, who am I to say no yeah. to her? She's my friend. Yeah. And then there were yeah. other times where, you know, where my sister went to rent an apartment and, you know, they needed to look at like all her, her bank accounts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the leasing manager said, I've never seen a statement like this, a bank statement like this. <gasps> because they were fake. Because they were <gasps> fake. But my sister also had never seen it. And when, no, it, you know, it can't, nothing can be wrong with this. This is like our family CPA. Like she's been handling our money for Whoa. years. Okay. So they wow. used Carol. Yeah. Like, oh, Carol sent a bank statement. Yeah. Oh my God. Things like, you know, so things like that come up where you're like, well, that was a sign, but Whoa. why would you think, right. you know, in the moment you yeah. don't. Yeah. In the moment you don't, because we're all programmed to be like, people are good and we just have to see that in everyone. Yeah. Right. Like otherwise it collapses. But also, I mean, people that you've grown up with and close to you, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. So she reads her statement. Yeah. So and she did, were people in the room? I mean, did, was anyone like literally like, fuck you? Like, or do people, you're not no, really allowed you're to not talk, really allowed to talk but I could tell that everyone was like dying to say something. Yeah. Um, so she reads her statement. She gets sentenced to seven years. What? Seven years. So, so in any, any sentencing, a judge will read out something, which is like, you need to receive the number of years per actions taken, you know, like, there's like a by, formula by for the it. law, yeah. right? Like there's certain points that are adjusted for like, okay, you've committed this crime. That's X amount of points, uh, but it didn't exceed this. So that's minus a point, but it didn't, you know, but yeah. add this. So it, it's plus a point. So something like that. Uh, and it, she made sure to mention something that it's like the, the punishment equals the crime committed. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like emotionally, we want you in jail forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by the law, you're only going to receive yeah. X amount of years. But she ruined people's lives forever. Meaning, yeah. mm-hmm. you, like, you guys won't ever see that money. I know. Yeah. I know. It feels so unfair. Yeah. It just feels so, you know, and it is. And not to mention, I mean, like, let's be real. Like, she's a middle-aged white woman. Yeah. That, and probably looked like was trying to look all pitiful. So you're like, how oh, can you absolutely. send, like, a soccer mom to jail or whatever bullshit, yeah. you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, which is, I'm sure. But also, it is it is true that, like, these financial crimes, it is a different kind of level. Like, right. So, I mean, it, right. you know. I mean, Madoff got 99 years, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, right. he did it on an even bigger scale. But, I right. mean, she, 
47 million dollars yeah. total yeah. yeah it's a lot so crazy it's a lot uh and i thought my credit card down <laughs> <I know, right? laughs> and she needed all that to pay hers off so yeah. you know um yeah i mean it's so it was how bad could her credit card she's <laughs> like i have 50k in credit card debt better do 47 obviously numbers were not her forte yeah. <laughs> she just added too many zeros yeah uh yeah so yeah so she only got like seven years and i think now that so now she's uh been she's like in the system uh, and I think now that she's in, she's only going to end up doing five because of like good behavior and whatever else. And, and she's in probably white collar. Oh yeah. Like, woman's prison. Oh, oh also yeah. the one thing you told me, none of her family showed up. None of her family was there. Yeah. Which was, I think smart on their part because they probably would have, um, they're so humiliated. Heard nasty words from me. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's so crazy how much like me personally, I just want to, be physical, right? Like I, I want up, to yeah. destroy this woman yeah. right. who has caused so much harm to my family. Yeah. I want to yell at her. Mm-hmm. If her sons were there, I would have gone at them. Yeah. But then there you are at the Department of Justice in downtown LA and you're like, there's literally cops everywhere. You know, right, it's like, I right. can't, <laughs> I yeah. could not, and not that I would, Yeah. but you also just want to be like to her sons, like what, Hey, what do you guys think? Right. How do you feel about your trust fund or how do you feel about your inheritance now? Right. You know, or like, are you ashamed? Yeah. I mean, obviously they were, yeah, like, and her husband wasn't even there. No. So. No. Wow. Yeah. I think it's her boyfriend. I don't know. Either Whatever. way, they they had broken up at some point through all of this. I can't. So what does this whole journey, this whole experience um, give you now, taking away in your life, how you view friendships, how you view money, how you view family? Mm. What, what, have, what have you taken away? Have you been able to process that? Trust no bitch. That's all that I can feel. Te dije, yeah. okay, have I not told you? You tell me that all the time and I'm like... Trust no one. Trust and no And what bitch. I say is sharpen your emotional intelligence. <laughs> and also, I, I secretly trust Which no I one. Which I hate when she says yeah, that. No, I, that's not a good response. That's not, but no. it's okay. therapy, but that's a separate thing. Sure. Um, I mean, it really is yeah. hard. And like coming... Like this was two years in the making, right? This was deceit and betrayal two years in the making mm-hmm. of like we're aware of it on top of... 30 years of friendship for my mom and my grandma. Yeah. So I don't, you know, it's like, I don't know what the lesson is there. Don't invest with someone who's not, you know, get, right. get people's physical certifications, only mm-hmm. invest through the L investing app. Like, right. you know, go to a bank or, you know, something. I, I don't know, you know, it, it's, it's been so hard on my family. Like we've all always been there for each other. And I don't, I don't know that things have like needed to step up in a, in a more major way than we already have. Cause we are quite good about being there for each other, but I just don't know. I don't think that I can say, honestly, I don't know what the repercussions will look like until Bubby passes mm. or until Bubby reaches 105 and we're going, okay, how, what else can we sell to pay for you? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. or when my mom starts to hit an age where she's ready to retire mm-hmm. and I go, okay, how can I help you live? You know? Yeah. And I think for my mom, it's really hard because the way in which we've taken care of Bubby, my mom sees that and goes, I don't want my daughters to do that. I want them to be able to have their independence mm-hmm. because she's been able to have her independence. And I think that's really hard for her. Whereas I'm like, you're my mom. Of course, I'll take care of you. You know, she she just sees how hard it is right. for all of us to take care of Bubby. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think that's the hardest part is that I just don't know yet. And the best, 
that I can do now is just like continue to save what I can where I can continue to shop at Marshall's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we love a deal. Yeah, so we, that's love, we really really love a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well-priced bath salts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I also want to say earlier, I said sharpen your emotional intelligence, but that I did not want that to imply that you guys should have known because you had no idea. There were no signs. Like, no, I, what you, you were know. saying is yeah, that yeah. I'm oh, stupid. No, of no. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that, that I, could, I could tell that was fully directed at Jonathan. <laughs> right. I In which nothing. we both did not agree. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, no, that's, no, no. that's one of the hard things is that you want to look for the signs and you want to go, I should have known. That's you know, the frustrating just like, thing because yeah. you're like, how do I prevent this going forward? But if you didn't know, that's almost harder than like, oh, I shouldn't have left my car door unlocked right. or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, right now, TBD. And you know what I say? The solution, marry wealth. <laughs> As marry always. wealthy. But also, what you guys can do is catch Rachel Friedland's stand-up because yeah. she's doing such original, such unique bits about this, about her family, about her bubby. Um, I mean, it's all tying together into this thing. I'm yeah. seeing it slowly tying into this. We like, can't wait for the one-woman show. Yes, yeah. it's <laughs> tying into like a full stand-up hour. Yeah. That is very unique. I mean, there's going to be no one who has these types of stories that's doing stand-up like this. Like, it's... I'm very excited to see where you're taking this. Yeah. I think you should talk about Tinder more on stage, but... Okay, I'll try. (laughs) I'll I'll get my grandma on there and get her hot take. Um, Yeah, no, it is... I mean, it is hard, but it is, you know, moments like those where you're like, well we have this crazy story there's nothing physically that I can do you know like I can't go become a doctor now I'm too stupid already you know like <laughs> that ship has sailed so I guess this is the next best thing um yeah I mean we do have a GoFundMe set up for her if yes, I may say no, and I was gonna about to say and please there is a GoFundMe if you want to uh donate to Bubby yeah and Zane um it's in my Instagram bio so we've we've left that there and or if your you handle? Rachel Friedland full name Rachel spelled r-a-c-h-e-l-e or yeah. as we like to say, Rochelle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, or if anyone wants to come have dinner with her, that equally takes her mind off things because mm-hmm. she loves to flirt. <laughs> <laughs> she loves to flirt. I, that's it, it's it's stuff like that that like keeps her going. Because yeah, at ninety nine, she's like, I'm pretty done. You know, she mm-hmm. wakes up. She told me last Sunday. She goes, you know, I wake up and I go, all right, I'm still here. What's happening today? <laughs> she's just like, what's the gossip? So you know, somehow she's managed to keep a, a pretty positive outlook and I think it's that she'll be done soon. So oh. <laughs> well, we do love Bubby. We do love Bubby. Yeah. Send love and light. And until um, then please come take some of her saran wrap out of the garage. Cause she has, she so, has so much. <laughs> all right. Well, Rach, thank you so much thank for you. sharing your story. We love you. We with love all you. Of our hearts. I love you guys. Thank you for having me. Okay. Bye. 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 Living glam, living rough, living with Jonathan and Katie.